welcome to Article 23, our podcast all about making work work. James Hancock here, back in the far more comfortable hosting chair this week <laughs> for podcast number 19, and we're going to talk all about privilege. As always, I'm joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Thank you. Lovely to be here as always. Great. And we've got a very special guest. We do. We are very, very excited to be joined today by Nikki Brown, who is one of uh, Firstly, one of Australia's best HRDs, and secondly, a long-term member of the Mwai community. You've been a member of the Mwai community since we started, I, I think. have, yes. Two years. Two and a bit original. Yeah, the original. <laughs> and on yeah. a very, very, very special day is because this morning there will be an announcement that Nikki uh, is actually going to head up people and culture for Higher Up. Um, an organization we absolutely love higherup.com.au and you're great they're great it's going to be marriage made in heaven looking forward to it and congratulations thank you yes awesome now look we should start we always start with a bit of a joke or a bit of information other than the big topic I write and talk a lot about tennis. Yes, you do quite a lot. And Although pe- your blog last week on <laughs> Dylan Alcott was absolutely on the money. It was great. Great. Thank you. Pun intended. Pun but, intended. It was a very good blog. we'll move. I'll, I will try my best and move away from tennis for just a second. And we will talk about the breaking news hot off the press this morning, hot off the screen. The Matildas, Mighty Matildas, yes. beat Jamaica 4-1. Yes. Yeah, how amazing in the, is that? In the World Cup. Fantastic result. And yes. and uh, Sam Kerr, new <laughs> yep. Australian here, almost as famous as Ash Barty. Close. Now. Probably more at the moment. Four goals yeah. in one game. The yep. only time in history that an Australian soccer player, male or female, has scored four goals in a World Cup game. Absolutely it's unbelievable. brilliant. unbelievable. Yep. And for all of us who love sport, what was also really fantastic is they left in their wake as they hit that pitch all the politics and yeah. ridiculous media about all sorts of things that have been going on about nothing to do with anything. Yeah. They literally walked on that pitch and just blew it out of the water. It was just about the game. Yeah. And they were absolutely brilliant. Mm. And brilliant. I, and I think getting through the next round, they knocked out Brazil. And any time you could do that in a football World Cup would yes. be pretty special, I reckon, <laughs> as well. Yes. Awesome. All right. That, that's it on the soccer for this week, uh, but let's talk about this topic of privilege. It's, yes. It's not one that's particularly new, but it doesn't get discussed all that much. What is it? Well, there's a couple of ways to describe it. So let's start with the informal way. It's almost like a clo- an invisible cloak mm-hmm. that gives you three, four, five rungs up the ladder before yep. the game starts, just to mix metaphors. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> ladders <laughs> on the soccer pitches. <laughs> but it is about... <laughs> You don't realise that you're not starting at the bottom. You've actually had this leg up before anything else happens. That's right. And a a kind of more formal way of putting it could be a special right, advantage or immunity that's granted and available only to a specific person or group of people. Mm, mm. So I'm really interested to know why doesn't privilege get discussed, do you think? Mm. Yeah, it's a a really tricky conversation. (laughs) And I think one of the reasons it doesn't get discussed enough is because we like a positive self-story. So we sort of like to go, you know, I've worked really hard. I did the hard yards. That's why I've been successful. That's why I'm the boss. That's why I'm a leader. And so we don't like the conversation that says, oh, you had a fair bit of a jump ahead of everyone before the game started. We feel really uncomfortable with that. We like to think that it was a fair playing field and we, we won. It was fair and square, but it's mm. it's it's not always like that. No, that's true. Yep. And so 
what what goes into the Aces of Privilege? What is this? Well, we call it the Aces of Privilege based on a TED talk um, mm. that we did in 2017, which was called the Seven Aces of Privilege. Yeah. And at that state, what we had done is we'd actually done appreciative inquiry a few years earlier. Yep. And that means taking like a hundred questions mm. with really senior leaders and saying, what's your answer to all these things? And then looking at the correlations of which one of those topics or or um, hundred questions yeah. yep. line up and correlate really high to success. Yep. And we at that stage had seven. We now know it's 10. And we now have 10 questions that correlate so outrageously, not only to the ASX uh, 100 uh, leaders and boards, yep. uh, but equally to positions of power in lots of other organisations in the, in our economy. And the other thing that it correlates really highly to, and we've been working with clients for a couple of years mm. on this, is the layers in an organisation. So if you look at those 10 aces of privilege, yep. the senior team, the CEO and the exec team have almost always got eight or nine out of 10. Yeah. The layer underneath them, seven to eight. And then all people leaders have got at least five out of 10. So we're talking about even like a supervisor has got a set of privileges that they've been born with, which are unrelated to how they got to do their job. And it's just so Mm. pronounced that layering through an organization really makes you challenge your thinking on what it takes to be successful. Mm. And so, Nikki, how do these aces of privilege challenge the work that we're doing in HR and our practice? This is a really interesting question for me because I think one of the... One of the things about privilege is it creates blind spots. So yep. you're blind to mm. your own specific privilege because it's just that just feels normal to you. you your life yeah. feels normal to you. So you have a level of blind spot when it comes to your privilege. And every person will have that, whether you're an employee, a manager, or a leader in an organization. So I think where HR comes in is when we're creating frameworks or initiatives or programs to help the business deliver certain outcomes that affect their people, um, we do need to think about how is culture um, and how is the organisational context um, impacting those frameworks and driving different outcomes or uh, different types of outcomes. And I think talent is probably a really good example yeah. of and this. You've done some fabulous work on talent. Yes, yeah, I've done some great work on talent in my time. And um, I think what's interesting for me is talent is a conversation where, um, you know, people might try and game the system a little bit, Mm. uh, whether they're doing that knowingly or unknowingly. And I think for HR, it's about having that, that, you know, really honest conversation when you sit and look at talent data to say, what's this picture showing us? And is there a level of privilege um, or groupings going on here Mm. um, so that you're really challenging who are your high potential and are they all looking the same? Um, and what does that mean for your business and what kind of outcomes might that be driving? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, it is a, a conversation where you look at the top talent box and if they've all got a whole bunch of things in common that are unrelated to the work or the leadership, you've really got to challenge what is that top box about? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So organizations are starting to look at it. Why are they doing that? I, th- I think there's a... It's a new thing and it's a new yeah. way of looking at how we look at diversity because we've always had these agendas that are singular, like we go gender yeah. or whatever yep. it happens to be. Socioeconomic diversity, which is the flip side of privilege, mm. is actually incredibly important to how we work and how we work specifically into communities and with a much bigger appetite yeah. 
mm. uh, to actually connect to community, consult with the community. You need people who can actually work with community. We've got two really fantastic examples just recently <laughs> with two clients we've got. One of them, a uh, big government department who's actually working with a really broad range of diverse and remote communities, mm. and yet they had very few people who were sitting around that table who could actually... Um, had ever lived in a, a country area, let alone an underprivileged one. So they really weren't sure who they were dealing with. Second one is um, an example where we were talking with the Department of Transport. Yeah. And fascinating conversation because the leader <laughs> actually said around the table, who caught public transport this morning, which was the topic of the day. Yep. And the answer was nobody. So yeah, they literally all lived in CBD apartments yeah. and they talked, walked 100 metres to work yeah. and no one got on public transport and yet they were going to make decisions on how to come from an hour out of the city yeah, right. to come in and they had no clue. That's so fascinating, isn't it? And um, it kind of reminds me of something that happened this week when I was in a, um, in a taxi just moving t- between meetings in the city and the taxi driver was trying to use voice command in the map app uh, to get to the destination and the, <laughs> the app just did not recognize the street name he was trying to pronounce and you know mm-hmm. he had an accent and um, you know I'm, I'm making the assumption not English as not as his first language but I watched him struggle with that maybe three four times and then mm. he gave up so I thought that was really interesting something that would have been incredibly easy for me to do was proving to be really difficult for him so as a customer or a user of something um, you know he was he was suffering from a kind of privilege by design um, impact with that particular app. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually had exactly that example. I actually lived in the Netherlands. And when I first arrived, I had this really important business meeting. I'm in a suit, got my court shoes on, everything. And I was ringing a taxi and I was trying to tell them what street I was in. I'm saying, I'm in Gravesandland. And they're going, what? I'm like, Gravesandland. And in five minutes, they just literally hung up on me as if just to give oh, up. No. And I had to run to the meeting because I was just had, I couldn't get there. But I was actually I just couldn't say what it, I now know is pronounced as Sunderland, which is very different. And so yeah, because I couldn't get the beginning, different. yeah, I was like. <laughs> but we do know, on a serious note, that yeah. two of the aces of privilege are race and culture, yeah. one, and the second one, another one is language. And so if you have the language of the majority or the language of the population you're working in, that's the majority language, mm. it is a huge privilege advantage. Yeah. And you saw that flip around from Australia to the Netherlands, right? Yes. To where yes. you would be in the majority <laughs> to something in the minority yes. is very interesting. Yes. And little things like mm. um, we'd go to lunch and we'd all head over to the, the cafeteria and nobody really wanted to sit next to me because my Dutch was bad. And mm. they didn't really want to spend lunch in English because it's a pain in the neck speaking a language that yep. you're not comfortable in. So, yeah. So, so I got used to the fact that I was like the person you didn't really want to sit next to at lunch. Yeah. I was really sad. <laughs> oh, but no. it, it gave you a real uh, impetus to learn the language so that you could actually talk and be part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, thankfully, that was only something that happened to you in the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> what, so what are some of the typical responses to having this kind of conversation on privilege? I think it's really interesting because it goes back to that blind spots um, comment from earlier and I think you know we can't see it for ourselves and if we're talking to leaders you know it's really difficult for them to see it so it's very highly individual our privilege um, and I think how do we help others step into the shoes of others and show how access or advantage may differ between groups and I think it is a difficult conversation however I think starting the conversation is a really good step in the right direction. I think measurement helps, 
I think having something tangible to refer to um, and make it real for whoever you're having the conversation with will really help. Um, and I think, you know, privilege for me is something that's not just impacting our work life. It flows through every day, how we get through our day, all the moments of our day, whether that's work, um, leisure or our home life. And I think just starting the conversation is a really good place to be. Yeah. And and. I think all those points you just made are absolutely on the money because it is something you want to have a conversation where people can join the conversation, yes. not feel under attack. Absolutely. That they're just saying, hey, look, here's some not related to use um, numbers and it's really interesting to look at how much privilege you've had. What we've found in the conversation mm. is that you can't make it about heroes that don't have privilege and have made good or about bad people have privilege. It absolutely has to be, we just have what we have. We're all just born how we're born and the spot we're born in. And it is about uh, what's the differences. And if you've got privilege or you've got a lot of privilege, what opportunity you then have to lift others up or to help other people. So you look at it as a positive. And what we've found is that really good people, which is most people, um, respond to that really well. When they realize they have a fair bit of privilege, they want to lift other people up with them, which is great. Yeah, yeah. It sort of restores your faith in human beings. It's nice. It really does. Totally agree. Loved talking about this topic. Needs to keep be a conversation that's ongoing uh, in all the work we're doing. Yep. Um, what are we going to talk about next week? We're going to talk about reward and recognition, which oh, which is, is one of those ones that you go, oh, <laughs> that's a no, no. <laughs> don't talk about pay. But actually, there's lots of things in reward and recognition yeah, that we now know actually really motivate us to get up and give a massive voluntary effort or to help and it a very little of that relates to money most of it is a very very different conversation so i think it will be great fun but thank you so much for being with us nikki it's been so nice to have you here it's been great to be here have you back anytime thank you i'd love to come back we'll see you next week for reward (laughs) (laughs) awesome a big more from us and don't forget if you want to see our newsletter team at moi.live our website www.moi.live Uh, Or if you just want to contact us, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you. Bye.